Hello everyone, this is Twyla, your host of Divorce Talk with Twyla, broadcasting live each week on Mondays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time from Fishbowl Radio Network Studios right here at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Log on to hear candid and transparent conversations with some amazing dynamic guests as it relates to divorce topics. We're going to talk about co-parenting, dating after divorce, remarrying after divorce, and much more. So be sure to log on each week on Mondays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time to catch Divorce Talk with Twyla. On FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in.
still got a lot of value left in me. Hello, everyone. This is Twyla. I am an author, speaker, radio host, and life coach. Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back Divorce Coach. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today's show is How to Plan for Life After Divorce. Have you or anyone you know experienced divorce? Well, if you're like me, I have 14 years post-divorce now. Have you thought about how life will be after divorce? Life is very different, y'all, after divorce. So let's jump right on in. I'd like to welcome my special guest to the show, Amy Adler. She's a licensed CPA. She's a fraud investigator and divorce financial analyst. Hello, Amy. Thank you for being here with me today. Hi, Twyla. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Amy, uh, please just go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. And we're going to get into this discussion. But if you would just um, share some things about yourself and to the listening audience, and we'll dive right on in. Sure. So I've been a CPA in the business world for over 20 years. And uh Never found it to be super exciting, but definitely was a good job that paid the bills and um, did the public accounting thing. I was never I was never into taxes, but I did do audit and other things like that, fraud investigation. Um, and I got married in 2003 and um, in 2009 found myself going through my first of two divorces. And um, it was tough. It was painful. It was challenging. I had two young children at the time as well, and and yet um, I made it through the other side, came through with a whole lot of debt and had a big struggle, um, but still managed to make my way through it and, and succeed and um, found myself married again <laughs> and divorced again a couple of years later, and that second divorce went all the way to trial. And now it's about five years behind me. But um, after that divorce was over, I went to a yoga class one day and just found some peace and quiet in a moment with the legs up the wall pose. <laughs> a voice came to me and said, Amy, you never really liked being an accountant in the first place, but you really like helping people. So what a perfect marriage, uh, pun intended, of your skills and personal experience yeah. to become a divorced financial consultant and help people through this process. It's incredibly stressful, and it is just so meaningful to me to be able to offer some expertise and some support while they go through that process and, and then thereafter as well a little bit. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. You said some amazing things, Amy. And I want to go back to you were in a yoga class and <laughs> you just you like you said, you never liked being a CPA anyway. And I remember when we had our very first conversation and you shared your story with me. And I always say it's your purpose. It's your passion. It's something that you enjoy doing now. Right. And, you, of course, you were doing the work, but that wasn't what you really wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I've been there. Um, <laughs> I've been there. And so 
Let's talk about your marriages. The first marriage was in 2003. You got divorced six years later. What did that look like for you? Well, gosh, um, I was so young, too, and so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't know anything about what to expect in going through the divorce process. And I, I had just... I got married young thinking I had, I had a plan, you know, I wanted to have my children be done having children by the time I was 30 so that I would not be one of those like old new moms. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to to live my twilight years and have some fun (laughs) and then have somebody to take care of me when I'm old. (laughs) So I lived out that plan. And then I realized that uh, the person I had chosen to have that life with was not the right person. And so, um, you know, we found ourselves getting divorced. It it actually, relatively speaking, went really quickly. Like it was only a a three month long process, but from the time we filed and the time he moved out to the time we finalized, but it felt like an eternity. Yeah. And it was, it was very difficult because I just didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know how I should place a value on the house that we bought. And I didn't know, you know, what to do about finding a value of our cars and um, our timeshares, you know, the things that, that we had, you know, we just plunked it down into a, into a spreadsheet and, you know, negotiated the numbers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I had any rights and, or that there was really any guidance out there about what it should be. Um, and so after everything was all said and done, I realized that I got a really raw deal. Um, so I was very frustrated, but it really, that I took that frustration with me into my next marriage. Um, and, and although that one was a really short marriage and we both had had children from previous marriages and didn't have any kids together that did simplify it, but it also made me not willing to, to settle, you know, whenever he tried to force, me to accept an offer that was not in my best interest. You know, I decided, you know what, I'd rather pay my attorney to fight you than pay you. So yeah. I did that. Yeah. I did that. And then, um, so now I've, I've done it on both ends of the spectrum. I've been um, very agreeable to my disadvantage and then very not, not agreeable to also my disadvantage. But in the end, it turned out to be worth it. And, and here I am now able to pay it forward and help people through. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, regardless of the financial gain, it's, it, you know, it gives me so much warmth to my heart to be able to do this for people that it's, it was worth every painful moment. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And so, well, you know, I, I found myself in that same situation uh, over 14 years ago, and it was rough and tough and challenging for me. And you mentioned um, I did not feel like I had resources or I just wasn't knowledgeable enough to know what to do, you know. And I think some people, well, I would venture to say, Amy, maybe a lot of people feel that way. They want to get out of a marriage. They are miserable, but they just don't know which way to turn. They don't know what to do, who to contact first. Um, and that I think, uh, allows a lot of people to stay in a miserable marriage because they're afraid. They don't know what life looks like on the other side. So let's talk about that a little bit. 
um, life is very different after divorce. You and I both know, right? It changes completely. What was, what were some of the things that going back in your mind, whether it's from both um, marriages or just one that changed the most for you? Gosh. Um, I don't know if I can think of one thing that changed the most. So many. Or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, financially, things changed very significantly, of course, because there's only one adult in my household, you know, when there were two before, and that's a big strain on the budget. But also, I think, you know, I think just kind of emotionally, it was great not to have anybody to answer to anymore or clean up after. Yeah, yeah, I, I love still had it. my kids to clean up after, but you know, yeah. no, that's great. <laughs> or figure out what we're having for dinner. If you just want to eat a sandwich, that's fine. You can go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> not even just a sandwich. If I want to have a popsicle for for dinner, then I, you know, nobody's going to give me a hard time about that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes, 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 and. Uh, everyone, I want to let you know the phone lines are open on tonight. Um, you can call in to the studio. That is 214-717-4678. And if you have a question for my special guest, Miss Amy Adler, on tonight, call in to the studio lines. The studio lines will be open for the remainder of the show. So... Amy, you know, I enjoy you sharing your background and being transparent uh, about everything because I feel like that's how we help people be transparent, be real and honest with folks, because whether we want to accept or maybe some people don't realize it, but divorce is on the rise. It's on an all time high. It's unfortunate but it's the truth. And so people need resources like yourself and myself. I'm a life coach. Um, of course, great family law attorneys. And I tell people this all the time. Go talk to more than just one attorney. Talk to okay. multiple attorneys and pick the one that suits you and um, in your desires and goals and your mission. So, folks, we're going to take a two to three minute break. And then we're going to come back and dive deeper into how to plan for life after divorce. And Amy is going to get into more of what she does and give you some of her expertise on how to plan for life after divorce. So we'll be right back.
everyone. We're here talking with my special guest, Amy Adler. Thanks so much again, Amy, for joining me on tonight as we discuss how to plan for life after divorce, because life is very different, y'all, after divorce. So much changes, and it is. So that is why Amy is here. She wants to talk to all the listeners about financial planning and how it affects and changes your finances and how to get back on track. Because I don't know if you heard her earlier, she was left with a lot of debt after her first marriage. And you know what? She recovered and now she helps people plan after divorce. So plan for life after divorce. So Amy, we may have listeners that would like to know how do they plan for life after divorce? Where do they start? So if you want to just jump right on in and share from your level and your expertise about all of that good stuff, how to plan for it financially and whatever you'd like to share in-depth knowledge um, with our listeners on tonight. Sure. So the fir- this is one of the things that I do with clients pretty often, um, most of whom I work with. I end up doing going through this process, and um, it's the B word that nobody likes. Yes, <laughs> and, and that is that is uh, you got to prepare a budget. This is something that's really important. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it and make it a super stressful experience. Like I know every time I say that word to people, they start to like you know have heart palpitations yeah. and breathe very shallowly. Um, but. It is super important and it doesn't have to be that difficult of an activity. Like it doesn't need to be super detailed with every single dollar that goes out of your pocket every month. You know, you don't have to have it down to the penny most likely, but you do need to have something that's workable that has a little bit of room in there just in case there's, you know, there's the, um, the, the, uh, crap happens fund. I always tell people they need to have that. I, I use a, a less appropriate word for that. Yes, <laughs> but, um, it's true. <laughs> but you got to build those kinds of things in. And so when we walk through this budgeting process, I have people think through what is the, what is the life that they want to live? You know, talk about what kinds of things you want to do with your life when you're on your own in, in this new life. And, you know, is it is it travel? Do you want to do more travel or do you want to take more classes? Do you want to go back to school and get a degree or do you want to spend more time with your kids? Do you, you know, there's all kinds of things that people think of. And this, and this is a really good time also to dream about the, the potential because the future is kind of yours to build the way that you want to. And, you know, there's, there's a very important financial component to that, but it's also very emotional and experience as well. So thinking about what you want your life to look like, what you want your days and your weeks to look like. And, and then, you know, we have to sometimes work backwards from that a little bit that you might not be able to start, you know, your, your world, you know, world tour (laughs) within the first year after divorce. But these are things that we can be working towards and planning for that, um, that, you know, I as a CPA can help you with, but also, you know, somebody who is a financial advisor would work, could work well alongside me to help you invest that money and figure out how to um, save for the things that you want to do later in life too, including one day retire and the, the, I think the most common concern that I hear from people who are going through divorce is, 
I'm never going to be able to retire now because I'm giving up so much of, of my retirement to my ex spouse. And wow. so that's, um, it's a, it's a valid concern. It's fair, you know, cause suddenly this savings pot that you have saved for whatever period of time is cut in half or more, depending on which assets you're walking away from in your divorce, if, if you have any. So this budgeting process becomes really, really important because A, it gives people some peace of mind that they know they're going to make it on their own and they know what they have to do in order to get there. Um, so we start walking through the budget process and I start with mostly the highest cost items and the things that are pretty fixed. So, you know, if there if there's a marital home that the that they're going to keep that you're going to keep, then we need to put in that budget what is the the monthly mortgage payment if there is one, and the property taxes and insurance, all of that kind of stuff. Let's let's just put that in there. It's a hard number where it's not going to change unless. You know, unless your budget doesn't work at all and you just need to sell the property and move, which, you know, that that can happen. You know, I don't know if things are the same for you in, in the Dallas area, but in central Texas, property values are pretty ridiculously high right now. So um, yeah. selling a property actually could be a really good thing to do. You get a lot of cash out of it, but then you have to figure out where you're going to move to. <laughs> so yes. that adds a, a different challenge. Um, but for some people that's the right decision. You know, then if you, if you're not tied to a mortgage, you know, and you have, you can pay rent somewhere for a short period of time that gives you some, some time to save money and, you know, get some comfort and back on your feet. And who knows, maybe, if your kids are almost grown in a few years, maybe you just want to rent and then move to another state or another country after they graduate. You never know because the world is your oyster now. So as we're going through that budgeting process, we're thinking about, you know, what is your short-term and long-term plan? And we'll enter into the rent, mortgage, property tax line item, whatever that has to be. And, and we'll go ahead and put it in if you're, if you've walked away or if you're planning to walk away with the marital home. I guess it depends on where in the divorce process you are too when we start this budget conversation. So if you're already final, if you've already signed on the dotted line and it's final, then, you know, we've got to work with that. Um, but if you still are negotiating, you may decide, well, my budget doesn't really work very well for me to keep the house. So maybe you take the house, you know, and I'll take the cash. So that's really an important part of the conversation during the divorce process as well, if it's possible for you to go through that um, ahead of time. So then, you know, we start thinking about too um, retirement savings and your income taxes. This is, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of have changed my saying, you know, it used to be that there are two things in life that can be expected, that um, death and taxes. But I think now the two things that are expected in life for most people is divorce and taxes, unfortunately. So, wow. <laughs> It wow! Yeah, so divorces they happen, and they're at all time high. Like I mentioned earlier, yes, yes. Oh yeah, COVID has really that the lockdown really made people who did not want to stay in the same space with each other um, accelerate that process. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, and that is so true. I have a couple of attorney friends, and they said the numbers are just astronomical. Like, and it's I think it was due to COVID. Um, people had to be together and figure it out. I don't really like you, <laughs> you know, so unfortunately it happened. Wow. Well, you know, that is great. And I don't like the B word either. I'm sure <laughs> majority of folks don't, 
that would make me have heart palpitations. I've done it before and I tried to stick to it and then I get off it and then it's like, okay, I'm not ever going to do this. <laughs> but folks, that so I like, I like to come up with a budget system that's something that you can sustain that's not so painful. Um, so I have a template that I use for people that's super simple. You know, you can play with it and adjust it and look at it once every few months rather than, you know, be stressed out about it every week. You know, I know people who do that. Um, I don't, by the way. I, you know, I'm I'm very organized. I keep very good track of my money, but I do not watch it every day, and I do not watch it every week even. In fact, like, I would say I probably am looking at my budget once every six months. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Amy. It feels good, you know, and I look at it, I'm like, yeah, maybe I overspent on this line item this, you know, over the past six months. So maybe I need to like spend a little bit less on Amazon, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, or food. I mean, I, I'll tell you that is probably the other line item that most people tend to really underestimate and, and overspend on is food, groceries and, and, and even like eating out restaurants. Yeah. Uh, so that, that why. yeah. Oh, yes. And you don't even realize how quickly it adds up because, you know, now they have all these subscription services. You can get butcher box and you can get imperfect, imperfect produce. And these all sound so great because it's all super natural and organic foods and it's all very healthy and less expensive than the grocery store. But then you get your credit card bill at the end of the month and you're like, oh, my gosh, I yeah. can't believe it. You know, Hello Fresh, Blue Apron, all of those things. Yes, yeah. all the meal prep services, those are awesome too because it really saves a lot of time and especially when you're like becoming a single parent. Yeah. Some of those types of expenses may be worth it for the self-care, right? Because we, we cannot be all things to all people. That's right. <laughs> it has taken me a long time to learn that lesson, but um worth it worth it to learn it as early as possible i love it you can't be all things to all people i love that well listen remember the phone lines are open the number is 214-717-4678 call on in and get uh your questions answered on tonight uh with my special guest miss amy adler so amy what do you believe are some of the reasons that people don't move forward even when they've considered divorce for quite a while um, and they're miserable? Do you feel like it goes back to the financial lack of financial support? People are just afraid that they are not going to be able to make it on their own as a one income family, as a single parent? That's definitely one of the major things that I hear from people who are considering it, but don't, don't want to go through with it because a lot of, I mean, a lot of t- it's usually women, but it, it has been men sometimes too, that their spouse essentially threatens them and says, you know, I'm not going to give you anything. You can't make it on your own financially, you know, or, or maybe it just comes from within too, that it's just their own upbringing and, and programming that makes them believe that, you know, I need a partner to be able to live. I can't survive on my own or um, women who women or men who were stay at home parents who haven't worked in the workforce in a long time mm-hmm. are afraid I'm never going to be able to retire or I can't get a job because I'm too old now. Um, 
those kinds of things really do hold people back. It's certainly not the only reason that hold people back because there's a lot of other more um, emotional, personal reasons that people do that. But from a financial perspective, that's definitely a big part of why people hold off. Yeah, I, I can see that and believe it. And I've told this story before and so it's no secret Amy I left my ex-husband and I didn't even have a job I was unemployed (laughs) you know so I good for you for getting the guts to do that though yes so I tell people that and they're like oh my gosh I I just had to go so and I would not recommend that (laughs) at all but that situation that was just my situation and so I'm happy to share and be transparent because I just had to go. So if that may give someone encouragement that you can make it, even if you have a job, but I didn't and I made it through. So, you know, it it does, you can get through it. So I, I want to talk about something here. Um, Do you get clients who, are afraid that they won't be able to afford the child support? Do you, does, does that come up anytime with your clients? Um, yes. I've heard people talk about that as well. Uh, yes. And especially in Texas, because child support is pretty much a standard calculation. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, once it's decided which parent is going to be the custodial parent, which is usually mom. Right. Then other parent is almost always going to be obligated to pay whatever percentage of their, you know, salary or their income is relevant for the number of kids that they have in child support. And um, yeah, I mean, the truth, truth be told, when I first got divorced from my children's father, he couldn't afford the child support payment that was calculated by the attorney general's office. So we had to agree to something less, um, part of the raw deal that I walked away with. I didn't even know that there wasn't a standard calculation at that time, but, um, but I did have to accept less because he would not have been able to even get an apartment and live on his own and have another bedroom for the kids. If, if I had had required him to pay that much child support. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Um, and you know, if they lose their job, they still have the obligation to, pay their child support. So, you know, um, until they get the the attorney general to review their income situation, they're on the hook. So it it can be a scary thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It's a standard calculation. And what in your mind, I, I just heard you say something great is that you had to accept less. So your kids could have a room at their dad's house you know, mm-hmm. so he could afford an apartment. Mm-hmm. So you really, you, it sounds like Amy, you put yourself kind of on the back burner for the sake of your children, right. During that time, because they needed a place to be safe and have a room there at his house or an apartment. Always every single day of my life, I would make that decision over and over again. And I don't regret it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And while we're talking about children there, folks, uh, whoever is listening live or you will tune in um, to watch, to listen to the replay, re- always remember it's not about you. It's not about your ex. 
bottom line, it is about the kids. It really is. And when I say it's not about you, I don't mean, oh, forsake everything for yourself just for your kids. No, you still have to live. You still have to go and have fun and do things that you like to do. But make decisions with your kids' best interests in mind. Right? You know, there's there's a lot of studies happening, and there have been for many years, about, you know, children of divorce are more likely to get divorced themselves as adults. And um, I think it's it's partially because children learn by watching their parents, yeah. right? So by my making the decision to do the right thing by them, you know, they are learning how to do the right thing by other people too. Um, and so that was just always incredibly important. And I feel like it's, it's, it is a key in the decision-making process in divorce. Um, and unfortunately it ends up becoming a bone of contention for so many people because one spouse will use the kids as a weapon to get what they want, knowing that the other spouse will give in, in the best interest of the kids to avoid, you know, the other spouse hurting, hurting them. So, yeah. I deal with that a lot with clients who are scared to stand up for themselves and advocate for themselves out of fear for retaliation um, by using the kids. And that is a really, really, really tough battle to fight. I mean, I still always encourage my clients to advocate for themselves or let me advocate for them or their attorney. Um, so that way it feels a little bit less personal <laughs> to the other side, maybe. Um, but it's still such a hard thing because they still they often will still end up using the kids as as an excuse or as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Been there. Yes. So true. That's so true. I've experienced that for probably almost three years uh, post-divorce. So mm -hmm. completely lived it. And. It wasn't fun. It was, oh, it was awful. So, yeah. So, Amy, is there anything else that you would like to share? I know we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about budgeting and your process um, and how you help people plan for life after divorce. But what else would you like to share as it relates to helping them uh, as after divorce, plan for life after divorce, stay on track. Is this where your client comes in, they, you talk to them, you have a consultation, you get them on a budget. Is this a series of visits with a certain a client or how do you, how does one keep on track after you create that budget? Do they come back to you or how does that work? So they can, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to cost more people than the value more to people than the value they get out of my service. Like, you know, it, I almost feel guilty when I'm collecting more money from them than what they're saving in their, in their life or in their divorce process. So I will oftentimes offer that I will help them put together their budget. I'll give them my template. I'll even walk them through it in a session. You know, we might spend an hour together putting it together, or I can give them some homework of things that they can do to help fill out some of the numbers. And then um, they can take that document with them and 
update it as they feel they would like to because it's very easy to just like add columns for numbers to update if you want to change it every few months or once a year whatever um or they can check in with me once every few months to see how it's going they can give me their bank statements and credit card statements if they want to see how they're doing against what they what we had put together and if there's anything we need to make adjustments to you know um somebody paid off their car and wanted to see what they could do with the extra money every month that they paid off their car, you know, could I put that towards my vacation budget or can I put that into my retirement fund, you know, those kinds of things. Um, or do I need to actually, you know, stop taking money out of my savings account every month to live on or, you know, am I actually able to make it on my, my income every month? So, um, that can be helpful to do once every few months or six months or even once a year. That, that's something that I do offer as an, as an option if they would like. Um, but I don't, I don't force that. I don't ask for it. I just suggest, you know, if they would. It, and, and typically I know which clients are going to need the check-ins versus which ones have got this right from the get-go. So um I can definitely make those recommendations at that time. And then the other thing that I offer to help people with when they um, are post-divorce is a lot of people have to file their income taxes for the first time on their own right after divorce. And so um, this I actually don't typically do one-on-one, -on -one, although I will if people have an interest. Um, I actually do an online um, workshop class and walk people through filling out the forms. And I also walk people through how to use TurboTax if they would like to use the system, because quite frankly, most people don't need to pay a CPA to file their taxes. Um, if they can learn how to do it themselves, you know, if they don't have anything super complicated, like, you know, a, a really complex business or investments that are being bought and sold all the time, um, you know, things like that, then they, then they should be able to file their taxes on their own in an hour. And, and that's a lot of savings. You know, you don't want to pay $500 when you can do that in an hour, most likely. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do that online workshop once a year um, in early February. Once everybody has their W-2s or 1099 forms, then I'll, then I'll start um, advertising to do my workshop that people can attend. And I usually keep that very low cost so that it's just a good learning experience. And then if they want more personalized help because they do have something that's a little bit more complicated or they just want to want their handheld through the first time they use TurboTax, they can book an, an hour session with me too for that. So yeah, those are the couple things I do for people post-divorce. I, I actually typically don't do a lot of work with people after they get divorced. It's part of my, my business model. Mm -hmm. Financial advisors who work in the divorce space and help people get divorced are usually wanting, you know, half of the couple, whichever member of the couple um, they're working with to invest their assets after they get divorced. Like that's really where they, they make their money, but that's not really what I prefer to do. My work is more, um, I want to help you get divorced. I want to help you get a fair deal, a reasonable deal and feel confident that you're going to make it on your own afterwards. And then I'm going to set you free. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I can certainly refer people to, 
the financial advisors and, and any other professionals that they need insurance, health insurance. I mean, that's one of the other expenses that tends to change for people if they're on their spouse's insurance plan. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the budgeting process, that's another important line item to do your research on. And I can, I can refer to those kinds of people as well. But, um, but you know, like I said, then check in with me and tell me how you're doing. I want to hear how you're doing, but we don't need to meet unless you need something. Yeah, that's so good. That is so great because you really have a heart for the people and helping people. So I love, love, love that. So Amy, oh my gosh, it's been an amazing conversation. Uh, very, very informative. So I hope everyone is taking notes and you, if you're in this space or you know someone that's in this space, Amy would be a wonderful person to connect with. And Amy, how can they connect with you? What's your contact information all on social media? Even though we know today what happened, there was a social media outage. <laughs> yeah, that was so bizarre. That was so bizarre. <laughs> like, what? That's our lifeline. We need social media. So, <laughs> but um, how can people connect with you? Well, um, one of the best ways to find me and really to learn about all the different services that I offer, which is um, a lot more than just the budgeting process in divorce, um, they can go to my website at yourdivorceasset.com. There's a, a contact us option as well. So you can, and it, it just emails me directly whenever somebody um, sends, submits a request, then I can reach back out to, to uh, set up a conversation. Um, or you can find me uh, at also at Your Divorce Asset on um, Instagram or Adler Divorce Financial on Facebook. Um, I've also got a, a LinkedIn page, Adler Divorce Financial Consulting. Oh. Or you can email me at Amy at yourdivorceasset.com. Do you see the do you see the trend? Yes. <laughs> I yes. am your divorce asset. That is my goal to be your divorce asset. <laughs> and I love it. And you are an amazing asset. So that is awesome. That's awesome. Thank so you. thanks so much again, Amy, for joining me on tonight and graciously accepting the invitation to come on Divorce Talk with Twyla Radio Show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Twyla. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And you have a wonderful night. And folks, listen, be sure to tune in next week. My special guest is Yvette Bodden. She's an inspirational speaker. She's an author. And she's the founder of Awakened Woman. Don't miss it. So, Thank you all for listening, and until next week, this is Coach Twyla, the Get Your Happy Back Divorce Coach. Divorce Talk with Twyla is out. You know the bed feels warmer, sleeping
Kill you. 